guys. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and I'm so excited to have my friend Jillian Thomas join me today. She is the founder of Oxer Inc. She is also getting involved in the coaching space online. She is a systems gal with so much good advice to share. So I'm so excited for her to join me here. Hey, Jillian. Hey, Kelsey. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so glad to have you. I would love for you to start by kind of sharing your story, your background, what you're doing now, all of it. Yeah. So I am, um, I like to consider myself a Midwest girl. I'm from Minnesota, um, grew up in Minnesota and Ohio. And um, for those who don't know what my business is, I am helping music revolutionaries and switching into like activism, um, helping them boost their social media presence and their online presence. Um, And I grew up around music. Uh, My mom's professional violinist and I kind of grew up with classical. And for me, I also studied um, uh, classical music for singing and jazz and then switched um, over to like Broadway and jazz and, um, was in an acapella group in college and ended up being the music director there. And, um, then graduated from GW in Washington DC and stayed there for a little bit, um, doing, uh, being in a band. And then I finally moved to New York, which is where I am now. And really it was like, well, the first year I moved to New York, I was like, I really want to pursue, my dream doing something with music. Um, and so I studied audio engineering here and, uh, worked for a record label for a little bit and, um, learned so much and, um, met so many like great mentors and people who I'm still connected with. Um, but I realized that I wanted to do something for myself and that's how Oxer came to be. And it initially started as a subscription box company, um, wanting to do that for, um, musicians and like music enthusiasts and music lovers and learned very quickly that I needed to have an audience in order to sell something to. And so right now I feel like I'm in the trenches of trying to build a really great audience and, figuring out what exactly that looks like for me um, and what I have to offer. So yeah, that's my long story. (laughs) Very cool. So, you know, you've built Oxer, you learned, oh man, I got to shift gears and shift my focus for what's most important for my long-term goal, which I think a lot of us run to. We, We jump into the big picture immediately and then we realize there's a lot of layers Uh, or stepping stones to get to that big picture. So what was that like? Was it a letdown to realize, oh, I can't just sell a subscription box right away? Like, what would you speak to that? Because I know that's like a common thing people run into. I do. I mean, I thought my magazine would be profitable in a year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I had, yeah, definitely um, unrealistic expectations. Uh, Definitely thinking that it was easier than it is. Um, but I think like with each kind of pivot that I've had in my business, it's more, I'm like really excited about the pivot. Um, it's more like a learning process of how I want my business to function, um, brainstorming how I could still incorporate a subscription box company, but also doing more, um, more like mentorship and helping people build their online presence and what that looks like. So it definitely, 
it definitely was a sh- I guess I, not really a shock, but uh, a kick in the butt that I needed to like know that like I'm going to be in the trenches for a little bit of time. It, it's not might not happen or look exactly how I want it to um, initially, but just to keep kind of going and and making sure I'm I'm flexible enough to pivot in my business so that I'm really. Um, putting out something that my followers really enjoy. Like I didn't, I, for me, the big shift was the idea of selling and I'm really not a saleswoman. I don't like to sell things or feel like I'm selling people on something that they really aren't interested in. And so that was a big shift for me that, you know, oh, I can put out a product that people would actually want. And I do that by building my list first and really listening in on my community and their needs and what they enjoy most about. And, and then you get the fun creative part on my end of like, now how can I connect what it is that I have to offer with where they're at and what they're looking for? Yeah. So what would you attribute to, um, your mindset of learning to pivot? I think some people just quit. They don't even think to pivot. And so how did you even, think or con- what instilled that mindset in you to just be like, okay, we need to pivot. We need to adapt because I think if a lot of people just pivoted, their business would be successful versus quitting because they thought it didn't work. Their just approach wasn't timely. Yeah. I think for me, it's like, I want it really badly. It's um, a passion of mine. And like the idea of not doing something in music um, like hurts and crushes my soul. So I just keep moving, I think with the inspiration of where it is I want to go, um, and where I want to be, how I want my life to look. And so that for me definitely keeps my motivation when I'm thinking like, when is this going to be done? Am I going to get a break to just breathe? Um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of what I use as my motivation And I also, you know, my family, like I'm so, my granny was my best friend. She passed away about a year and a half ago. um, And she was such a trailblazer. Like, you know, she was the first African-American woman on her farmer's market. She brought her family up from the South and she was a trailblazer. And I'm so inspired by that. And I can see how we're in like this new revolution with social media and in, in and in the online space with the internet um, and the good stuff that I could be doing with my business. And so like that also very much motivates me. So I think kind of thinking about where you come from and where you want to go and, and um, what is your true passion, like that you're, that connects to your soul. Yeah, totally. I think that element of like, can't imagining your life not doing it is a huge motivating factor and a huge determining factor of your own motivations. Like my husband, for instance, it has been, you know, in ministry school, he ended up going back to get his degree, but he's kind of revisiting the idea of full-time ministry. And our pastor, you know, sat him down and said, if there's anything else you want to be doing more, don't do this. Like you only need to do this if, if, for you, there's no other options because of desire. And, and I, I really, that stuck with me because, you know, for a while he got a little burnt out and thought, maybe I don't want to do it, but he, 
he came back around to it and he always comes back around to it to where it's super evident, like you were made for this, you know, and not everyone is made for any given industry. And when you can't stop coming back to it, you know, you know, there's something there Uh, and it makes the super tedious tasks, you know, I just sat down and wrote an email to my team that took me four hours to write. I would never put that type of attention and detail into something I wasn't that passionate about. Right. Because that is the mundane, the not glamorous, the and and people might even be listening and thinking that doesn't sound like a great um form of using your time productively, but like I I had to revise, reword, research, redo some things. And sometimes you know, your dream and your vision takes that much intentionality and it's not the glamorous side of it. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what, what had, what, um, kind of in this pivoting process made you realize you, you really like the mentoring side of it? Yeah. So I had a major pivot in my business or shift in my business around June of this past year, 2016, um, and it was after Philando Castile was shot in Minnesota. I'm not sure if you had heard of that. Um, and he was an African-American man who was just in the car on the way home and, and lost his life. Um, yeah, it was horrible. And I remember seeing it on Facebook and just that moment kind of forever realizing like I have to do something bigger with my life. Like the stuff that we're seeing or that I'm seeing, or now that my family's scared and you have to have check-ins, like I had, I needed to do something a lot more with my music business um, than what it currently was doing. And so that's where I kind of recently pivoted to like trying to reconcile how I can do music and help people and music's an escape for a lot of people, but at the same time, um, talk about stuff that's really important and interact with musicians who really are trying to make a difference in the world and bring awareness and attention to, um, really big issues in this country. Um, and so that kind of took a toll on me a little bit and I had to do a lot of like self-reflection and, and, Um, I still feel like I'm not fully there, uh, to the point of like really being brave enough to like state my opinion, um, fully on my social media channel. I've kind of like been slightly doing it, um, and just kind of trying to, uh, elevate music revolutionaries or people that are doing really great work. Um, but that was kind of a major shift for me that I wanted to make sure that I'm doing a business that really impacts people that really speaks to real issues that's going on um, and using the power of music to support people and to make sure that they know that they're not alone. And so that's kind of the most recent pivot um, because I felt like I was selling quote, quote, selling to people who were just trying to make a dollar and like just treating their fans like just another number and and that sort, that part of the music industry is like, it's on its way down. And so I didn't want to be a part of that um, portion of it. So that's where I most recently pivoted. We're changing my kind of the audience that I'm talking to and getting the gumption and the courage to speak my truth. 
Yeah. I mean, that's brave. And how cool, because you look at music and over its history, it really does shape culture. So it's really cool that you can kind of pivot and think through, okay, I love music, but I love like raising up people with powerful messages and encouraging them and mentoring them. And I think that's really cool how you're marrying your two passions. Like that's really neat. Yeah. And, and, Thank you. and when you were talking, it really brought to mind, you're right. Like selling things just to make a dollar is shifting and going down. Like I, the first person that comes to mind is Chance the Rapper and he gives all his albums away for free, which is insane. Like so cool because his message, like, you know, he's going to make a living. Um, Obviously now that he's successful, he he might not have quite a while. You know, that's a bold approach as a musician to like trust that you might that you might or right. might not bring in an income off of the music you're giving away for free. Um, but it is cool to think of people who are willing to like shape culture and feel that their message is more important than money. Yeah, definitely. I think it's key, key to being successful. Um, definitely kind of, and, and I actually get that a lot from a lot of our followers because they don't like to put all their, music out there and they, you know, it's already so hard. And so people are really like scrounging for, for money, but putting out free content is like the best way to welcome people into what it is that you have to offer. And, um, I think for me, like I've been struggling with this idea of like, if I put away or give out my content for free, like, am I going to have anything else that I can sell or teach that I can actually charge? Like, do I know enough to like, um, put something else out there that I, that I'm able to, um, make a profit from. But I think kind of just having faith that, that I'm putting, if you put out like really great quality content for free or whatever it is that you're offering, like a little snippet of it for free that allows people to just get to know you a little bit. uh, It's really important. Yeah. So I would love to hear about too, like I, I, I feel like one of these as well, but I would think of you as like a lifelong learner. Like every time I talk to you, you're in a course or a mastermind or you're always learning, which I think is, um, you know, key to being a really good leader. My, my boss used to say, Kelsey, the first $5,000 you make, you should invest it in yourself. And, uh, you know, it was, it's true. Like, you know, turning it around and investing in an education and, increasing your capacity and abilities, what would you like have to speak to the courses you've done and the masterminds you've been a part of? Like, I, I just love picking your brain on all that. Yeah. I feel like I'm a course and mastermind junkie, like to the point where I probably take too many of them. Um, but I feel like part of that I think has to do with my perfectionism, um, where it like actually becomes a hindrance where I'm I feel like I need to have all this information um, in order to, for me to feel confident in what it is that I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, no, I'm in a program mastermind right now with Todd Herman called the 90 day year base camp. Um, I was in his previous course, which is the 90 day year. And he really teaches you how to balance or create the life uh, or business business and life that you really, uh, enjoy. So like how, how to manage and budget your time so that you're, it's most effective for you. And I think that was one of the best courses that I ended up taking because I had so many ideas. I just didn't know how to focus them and like work 
to finish them. I like would start a whole bunch of projects, but nothing would really end up being finished. And Todd Herman's program is really great at like teaching you how to um, categorize your goals and to order your goals so that you're um, being the most effective as like, he's all about like producing and making sure that you're actually taking action on stuff. And then I've been in a bunch of like Shailene Johnson courses and Amy Porterfield. Yeah. Um, I did a Marie Forleo, the copy one, the copy cure. Um, and I'm kind of all, I like I in that scene of, um, online learning. And I think for me, it's, probably just a way that I feel to help myself feel more comfortable teaching or whatever I'm like putting out there on my social media. I like to make sure that I fully understand something before I'm putting it out um, or that a system really fully works before I put it out and recommend it. And so, um, yeah, that's, I kind of think of it as like, it's the new version of school and I'm just kind of paying for the degree that, um, is really going to help my business or help me get to the, to my dreams that I I hope to accomplish. Yeah. I mean, me too. I would personally like to be at a place where I could take like at least one a year because I do find them so valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's tons. Yeah. There's tons of information. I know like I'm, I have a mentor right now and um, she helps to kind of help people build content. And so that could be like an e-course if you're doing an e-book, maybe you're doing a challenge. Um, And so she's kind of talking about how even within like the, um, the goodness, the course world, like it's already starting to change. Like there's so many like $2,000 courses that, um, are, are just like information where people can't really take actionable steps so that the whole entire course industry is also changing. Um, so it's a matter of kind of like finding the right ones, finding the right fit with the community as well. A lot of these courses come with communities, which is a really great way to meet other entrepreneurs or people who are, you know, dealing with the same types of stuff that you're dealing with. So, um, my recommendation would definitely be for people to like do some research, um, beforehand. I think a lot of times before I like would jump into the courses more before I fully knew what they were about. Um, but yeah, I like, <laughs> I'm in like three programs. So <laughs> what would be the favorite one you've ever done? Can you say? Yeah. So I would guess I would say the one that I would recommend the most to people would be Todd Herman's 90 day year. Um, and, and I guess I would recommend it to anyone who's having a hard time focusing, um, on the tasks that they have to do, or if they feel that they're overwhelmed with the amount of tasks that they have to do, or if they find that they're working on a lot of the menial tasks in their business and they're not working on like the real strategy behind it, his program is like, is perfect because he teaches you step-by-step of how to list out your goals, how to figure out which goal you need to be working on right away. He's all about, um, he's like really anti multitasking. He kind of thinks of when people flatter themselves, like I'm a really great multitasker. He's like, that's a bad thing because our brains don't, when you 
are constantly like flipping from task to task to task. You're not as able to finish it as you are if you like are 100% focused on that one task over the course of five days or something, let's say it is. Um, and so that whole framework was really new for me because I was someone who would brag about multitasking and I, my brain would always constantly be thinking about something else while I was doing a certain task. And so that whole mindset has definitely shifted for me. Like when I'm focused on something, I am completely focused on that one task for that a lot of time that I'm doing it or, you know, when I decide that I'm working. So I would definitely say Todd Herman's program, I would recommend to anyone. Cool. That Yeah, I have his written down because I see so many good things about it. That what you just described is so me. Like I can feel so overwhelmed by menial tasks. Um, and and just like I talked about earlier, it took me four hours to write an email. And it was a really like probably like a year recap type of email. I don't do that that often, but I dread things like that because of the time investment. And I think it's really easy for people to get critical of leaders or critical of the person running something, but there's so many moving parts. You can kind of shut down out of overwhelm. How do you, how do you personally, um, manage overwhelm? Yeah. Um, I definitely get stressed. Um, and I wish I dealt with it probably a little more elegantly than I, than I do. Um, but I guess I prioritize my tasks. And so if it, and it depends on like what type of overwhelm, if it's overwhelm that I really can control, um, like sometimes I just have to sit, sit, sit down and just knock out what it is that I want to do. So he, in Todd Herman's program, he talks about something called like the low hanging fruit. And it's those little tasks, like an email, or if you needed to I don't know, check something on the calendar or schedule a meeting or those types of things. Like get those little stuff, get that little stuff out of the way. Like we all like to procrastinate. I'm like one of the biggest procrastinators. Um, but like that little stuff, when you can do it, like get it out of the way. And I, I'm able to do that because when I actually, when I actually do that in real life, when I actually, um, sit down and like, get that little stuff out of the way, I feel so much better. And so when I'm kind of struggling with the overwhelm of all the tasks that I have to do, I make sure that like I make a list of all the things that I need to do. Um, I've started to write down my tasks. I do like this morning ritual. Um, I just finished a book called The Miracle Morning and it was really amazing. It's kind of these six things that you can do in the morning to kind of clear your day. Uh, the first part is silence or meditation. The second one is affirmations. The third part is visualization. You have exercise, reading, and then you have scribing or journaling. And so every morning I do that. And during the, the time that I'm scribing or journaling, I kind of list out my goals for that day. Um, and kind of doing that ahead of time. And I've also done that at nighttime, the day before kind of setting up my day for the, the following day. When, when I do do that, I am so much more productive. Um, and I feel a lot less overwhelmed because I feel that I'm in control of all the things that I have to do or that's on my plate for that day. Um, and as far as addressing like the overwhelm for things that you can't control, um, I definitely 
struggle with it, but I'm working on for myself, just really giving that over to higher power or to spirit or God. Um, however, someone wants to identify that. Um, and it really does kind of just put me at ease sometimes. Um, definitely praying and meditating is one of the best things I've done. Yoga is really amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that really resonates with me because I have been waking up and really trying to be intentional about, you know, reading and just being for a while. Like if I give myself time to be, um, and whether that I, I really, um, I'm a doer. So like sometimes sitting mm-hmm. still can be really hard for me. Yeah. So, me too. so like even taking a drive and listening to worship music or whatever, um, can be a really nice time with me and God or just like reading like a random book. Right now I'm reading the Magnolia story. But as mm. if I wake up and create space at the beginning of my day, um, whether that's, you know, spending time in a quiet time or, you know, really just feeding my soul by being quiet and still, I'm such a happier person and my productivity is like next level if I give myself that. Do you find that? Yeah, I definitely do. I am someone who really struggles with sitting still. Um, and I get like hard on myself. Like I I feel like because there's something that could always I could always be doing on my business, um, when I allow myself that time for like self-care and self-reflection, I can sometimes get hard on myself. So I think also just being really cognizant of those times when you are hard on yourself or, um, you know, when you're saying things that, you know, you would never say to a real person in real life, but you're telling yourself that I think, um, yeah, I don't even know where I was going. With going with Negative <laughs> self-talk is a real thing. We say things to ourselves that we would never say to a human being. I know, I know. And I think just being more aware when you catch yourself doing that is just, that's that's the first step. And so I feel like that's where I am right now. I'm just much more aware of like my thoughts and and yeah. And I think like I've been reading or listening and watching a lot of Marie Forleo and um, when you're just aware of that, your your whole outlook can start to change and you feel more abundant. And I think that's the, kind of the key. Oh, I like well. that word, abundant. Have you taken any of Marie Forleo's stuff? I'm like so tempted to sign up for B-School, but I just need to wait. <laughs> I know. I wanted to sign up for B-School so badly, but I was like, I'm not another course. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I just took one in December. Slow down. So I yeah. took Grace Lover's course. Have you seen any of her stuff? Oh, no. She's cool. She's really cool. She is like a funnel guru for Facebook, any of that stuff. So she oh, she wow. offers a lot with her course um, price. So I really think she's pretty, pretty stellar. Um, yeah. I really need to like go back through again because it's so much information and I'm glad I can like reference it back. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the communities in these programs are really good. I'm in this one that's called, uh, well, it's teach for impact. And she, it kind of is all about like, we're teachers first. Um, and we like to share, you know, stories and, and that sort of stuff. And the, uh, the stuff that she puts out, her name is Lindsay Padilla. Um, it's just amazing. Her free group is like, she has so much value in this free group. Um, yeah, definitely. And yeah. And you can like practice teaching and everything in her group. It's pretty awesome. 
Whoa, that's, I mean, that is bold. I'm, ex- I'm really excited to check that out. So yeah. aside from e-courses, um, I know that you obviously value input and insight into your life. What has been the role of a mentor for you? And has that, has that changed with different seasons? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I feel like um, I have mentors. Um, it's weird because there's like, I feel like I have mentors that don't even know they're my mentors. <laughs> um, and and I think that's really common in the online space now too. Um, I think while I'm in this uh, like mentorship program with Todd Herman, so he's definitely, you know, someone who I really look up to and aspire to have a business similar to how he op- runs and operates his business. Cause it's all about really helping the, the clients that he works with. Um, and trying to like find a mentor. I feel like I'm still in the process of like trying to find a mentor that I talk with more frequently, I guess, if that makes sense or someone who I chat with on a regular basis. Um, I've just started doing this We'd like teach for impact with Lindsay and she's been like a really great kind of person who I feel like is maybe just a couple steps ahead of me. So it's really nice to see someone who isn't like so high level compared to where I am. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think that's where I'm at. Um, I still feel like I'm kind of searching for, a mentor. I definitely, I have an accountability partner who, um, in Todd's program, he, if you ha- he gives you the option of having an accountability partner that he pairs you up with based on, um, different, like this demographics form that you fill out. And I'm still in great contact with that person and they're in Canada. Um, and I consider him to be sort of like, you know, a mentor, or, um, someone who I definitely look up to and aspire, but yeah, I still feel like I'm, still searching for that mentorship. Um, I haven't quite found it yet. Hey, but that is really cool. I mean, you definitely, it's so cool to see, like you put yourself out there and you take definite action in growing as a person. And so I think that is so admirable as an entrepreneur, because I think like intentionality goes a long way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what has networking been like for you? I love to talk about networking because I hate networking. Yes. Oh my gosh. I hate networking too. It's, I, I get so uncomfortable. I, first of all, I, I'm pretty sure like when I know someone, I am much more talkative, but I am like a shyer person. I definitely consider myself an introvert, like doing things like going to, um, different networking events definitely like takes a toll on me, takes a lot of energy. I'm actually reading a book right now called quiet. It's about, um, the, uh, actually I heard it from again, Marie Forleo. She had someone on her, on her show. Um, and it's about like this revolution of introverts, but, um, I'm sorry. What's the question again? Oh, (laughs) how do you handle networking? Yeah. So, oh yeah. So I've been learning how to, um, do online networking, which is so different for me. I'm, I'm really uncomfortable with going to events, even though I still do a lot of the programs that I'm in, they also have networking events. And I definitely, I just push myself because I know it's for the betterment of my business. And I just, it's something I needed to suck up and do, 
but this whole concept of online networking is really new to me. Um, and I feel like I'm just starting to do that. Um, Zach Spuckler, I don't know if you've heard of him. He just, uh, he teaches people how to run challenges as a way to launch products. Um, and I just recently did his free challenge on that. And I was like, pushed myself to do a lot of online networking and, meeting people who are in um, my industry, going through comments and, you know, liking and commenting on people's who are in my industry. Um, but I definitely, like, I have to put myself out there to do it. Like, I definitely push myself to do it because I'm not a big fan of networking. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I do better putting myself out there online because it's like, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, maybe I'll never see him again. <laughs> I know. But. I know. But going to events in person is hard. I always have to take a wingman. Yeah. Yeah. I like my last networking event. Uh, I wanted so badly for my boyfriend to come, but he's like, I don't have a business and there's no reason for me to be there. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely, it feels like, you know, the first day of school when you're like trying to make friends and stuff at these events. Um but at the same time, like everyone is in the same, in, in the same boat and people are super welcoming. Like anytime I've gone to event an event, there's always someone that I connect with. Um, and so just kind of remembering and reminding myself that, and also like why I'm there in the first place. And it's because I'm super passionate about my business. I want to take it to the next level. I want my followers to have the best. And that means that, you know, I have to do things that I might make me feel uncomfortable to do in order to get the job done. That is, yeah. Hey, you are brave, girl. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what would be some of your, like, as, as someone who's listening and launching their dream business, what would be some of your tips for, like, courage? But also what would be some of your, like, productivity hack tips? Because I remember... When I, we worked together, for those of you listening, for a little bit on social media stuff. And when I first started working with Jillian, she sent me a Trello board full of information, so clear, the clearest client I've ever worked with. And it's awesome. And I, it's always a joy to work with people who know their vision, you know, have it down pat. Um, but I, you're really good at that. Like that is definitely yeah. a strength of yours. So I would love for you to kind of share advice with our listeners for that. Yeah, I definitely, I think part of it was when I really started to pursue my business, meaning like I told my friends, I like got over that hump of telling my friends, like having that real serious conversation with my partner um, and being like, you know, this is something I want to do it might mean, you know, we might get engaged later or whatever, you know, our dreams are. Um, I like, I couldn't sit with knowing that I hadn't given it my best shot, you know, or like that I've, that I have this dream. Um, and would I regret it if I didn't pursue it? And that was kind of a question that I asked myself. And I had that conversation when I had first moved to New York, um, where it was like, I really want to pursue music. So my background is in, in chemistry and math. And I've spent 11 years working as an ophthalmology for eye doctors technician. So like my career path was super different than what 
um, my business is. And it took a lot of courage to kind of, for myself, for my own self, just being like, this is what I want to pursue. And why are you embarrassed by it? Or, you know, just because you're not following the typical path or the path that your family thinks is the right path or what you even thought was your right path, you can always change. And and what's the worst that could come, come out of it? Like, I would have to go back to working my day job and I would take another path to whatever it is uh, that I want to pursue. Um, so I just am sending your followers lots of courage if they're having trouble um, trouble admitting that to themselves or taking that step because that was a, it was a really hard step for myself. I, so I definitely can relate to anyone who's struggling with that. Um, but earlier in my business, I think because I started those courses pretty early on, I learned the importance of systemizing your business. And when I was, I'm the only, you know, person really working on my business, I had to make, I had to put systems in place in order for me to, to do my business justice and to do my followers justice. And so, um, I really, love organizing. It it definitely makes me feel more calm to know that like my Google drive is nice and I know where to follow find things if I need my font or whatever. So I just kind of from the get go made things systemized. Um, you know, I, before I had you helping me with my social media, I had, um, other, uh, like virtual assistants who had, post my, like I would build a content calendar and then I would give it to them and they would post it. So like trying to figure out ways that can help, um, um, ease, ease your stress during your day to day and just make it more streamlined, I think is the best way. So I definitely like, I would record videos teaching, um, my virtual assistant exactly how to schedule because there was a certain way of how I wanted my Facebook posts to look. And so I would put that in my Google drive under a folder called tutorials and like that, even just doing like basic steps like that can really just help you stay organized and focused. Like I have a folder that's dedicated to all of my logos and all of my, um, fonts that I use and, and kind of just organizing that way. Um, and I know that can be like a big step for people, but as you start building your business or wherever you are in your business, if you can just take some time to make sure that you're able to replicate your process, if your process is already pretty seamless, um, I think you'll find how much easier uh, your day-to-day is. Oh, totally. I mean, and seriously, you like even thinking of your Google Drive and how organized it is, I can imagine it because of how Trello look your Trello looked, but if anyone's listening and doesn't know what Trello is, like look it up. It's free. Asana is also free and they're kind of a task management platform. So, um, it's really nice because your team can kind of communicate and see things and projects. It's so great. Um, and they're both free. So why wouldn't you use them? But, um, I, I, I seriously, you are an organization queen. It's amazing. Um, Wow. I I just love getting to hear from you. I love hearing about your courage and your bravery because I think so many um, of our listeners really are either in the process of thinking through some of their dreams or also 
um, right in the process of being in like start mode. And so, um, what would you say, like, what would be some of your favorite resources for those of, uh, for those listening that you might like to share with them, like some, some of your favorite books of the moment or, um, like even TV shows, you know what, this is embarrassing, but I really got into ladies of London a few weeks back. And, um, I, you know, I love a good reality TV show to decompress because my brain never shuts off and I end up doing some sort of Instagram management while I'm watching it. So judge if you must. Um, but I, um, I, in season two, one of the, um, women goes through a process of like scaling her company and it scaled too fast and grew too fast. And she went under because she had investors. And as crazy as it sounds, I learned a lot from season two, Ladies of London, because watching the, you know, over the series of 10 episodes, her company, you know, being in, in the trenches and her trying to find solutions, I, I felt like, wow, even from a reality TV show, I've learned something. Or from an episode of Shark Tank, I'll learn about pitching. So, you know, it can be anything. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies of London is currently speaking to me. Yeah. No, I, I've watched that show too. I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely watch some of that reality TV show. I'm a real housewives junkie. I know. Don't judge. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it's like, I think for me, like that sort of like mindless TV is like some of the stuff that ends up shutting my brain off. Um, and most of the time then I go off like on rabbit rabbit hole as um like just thinking about my business and being creative but um another show i just had top of my head now i just forgot it of course um the book that i just read the miracle morning was really awesome um it was really nice to give myself i you know that space every morning to take time for myself and to meditate and get focused. So I would definitely recommend, um, that book. I listened to, um, let me get my podcast list out here for a second. Cause I'm listening to some really good ones. Um, there's one called blissful bites and she is a food entrepreneur. Um, but she teaches like, there's so many things that just relate to like me and the music space because she teaches people just how to build their business, um, in general and has a lot of really great, um, people on her show. Um, Amy Porterfield is also someone who I listen to. Um, there, um, is a really great podcast called black girl on Ohm, And it's all about, um, women of color and kind of creating your own space to feel safe, um, and take time for yourself and emotional and spiritual empowerment and that stuff. It's a really awesome, awesome podcast series, but yeah, I think those are the main ones. I love shark tank too. kind of thinking about how I would pitch something. <laughs> I'm like terrified of pitching something. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would like get up there and totally like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Choke. (laughs) So, I mean, I can talk all day long, but that just looks intimidating. I know. Yeah. I'm like, I I don't know if I ever want to work with investors, maybe, Um, but it's scary. Um, but, But seriously, it has been, as always, a joy to chat with. You, I, every time we talk about something for working together, we end up with an extra 20 or 30 minutes of, 
of just regular business entrepreneur bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, for people listening, where can they find you? What's next with Oxer, um, and your potential coaching? Like, tell me more. Yep. So um, they can find me at oxerinc.com. And if you're looking for like uh, different tips on how to improve your social media, definitely go to oxerinc.com forward slash blog. And I teach you like basic things of like how to install your Facebook pixel, how to build out a content calendar. I have a series coming up on that. Um, how to create uh, great clickable links, your post copy, what needs to go in there. Um, so that's definitely where they can find me. And if you happen to be a musician or know of any musicians, definitely tag them in our posts or definitely reach out to me at hello at oxerinc.com because I would love, I've started doing like these interviews. Um, you were on my most recent interview and yes. And um I just want to, you know, just share people's stories. So I would love, you know, any musician or even just a creative person who's a music enthusiast. So maybe they're like a photographer or um, a videographer or a makeup artist, but they're really passionate about music. This, you know, I feel like my platform can definitely help them. And if someone's looking to have to boost their online presence and kind of want more one-on-one coaching. Um, I definitely offer that as well. And you can reach me at Jillian at Oxer Inc there as well. Very cool. Well, seriously, you are an inspiration. It's always a thrill to chat with you and I can't wait to talk to you soon. Yeah, no, you are definitely one of, um, I've told you this many times, but you are definitely one of the best people or if not the best person that I had on my team, you, I think are just super inspiring and what you're doing is really incredible. So thank you so much for letting me be on your podcast. And I can't wait to see uh, what you have in store too on your platforms. Thank you. I always love getting to chat with Jillian and I'm so excited she got to join me for this week. I have been honored to work with her over the past year and we just clicked. I mean, there were so many phone calls where we were working on a project together, but then talked about life or ideas for 20 minutes afterwards. So I knew you guys would love what she has to say. She has so much insight and knowledge in how to get a business organized and off the ground and about bravery and courage. So I'm really glad you guys got to hear a conversation and she got to join me this week. You can find her on all social media platforms. You will find links to her sites in the show notes. And as always, you can find Radiant at Radiant Collective across all social media platforms and radiantmagazine.org. We will be rolling out some changes in the next few weeks. And I'm so excited to share that with you guys. As always, if you love this song, find Kayla who sings it on iTunes, C-A-L-A-H, and it was produced by my friend Christian Sager. Until next week. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. 
skiing, riding, sledding. No matter how you Vermont, please Vermont safely. Cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, snowmobiling, snowman building. This year, that means a seven-day home quarantine with a negative COVID-19 test or other travel guidelines. Ice skating, ice cream eating. So we can all Vermont safely this year. Dining, antiquing, shopping, fireside napping. For full COVID-19 travel guidance, visit vermontvacation.com.